Shooting the Gap with Ryan and Gonzo. Welcome to Shooting the App. Super Bowl, pre-Super Bowl edition? Super Bowl? Yeah, it's gotta be, I guess it's the Super Bowl edition, because... Next time we're on, it'll be after the game. Yeah. Next time we're on, we'll either be sad as fuck, salty, angry, or happy as fuck. Or happy as fuck. Salty. Talking about those salty Carolina Panther mm-hmm. fans. I have I have a notion that one one way or the other there'll be some beers involved. Yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping the beers involved are good beers. Good and beers. Happy beers and. Joyous beers, it, it will be it, tissues or sad tissues. Exactly. It's gonna we'll change. Have to the, figure out which tissues we have. It's gonna change the degrees of the show, to say the least. But yeah, Super Bowl edition, brother. Super Bowl, here we come. Super Bowl, here we come. We're gonna go just a little bit outside of our normal routineage here in Super Bowl edition and breakdowns. Normally, we have spend time talking about games and picks. Second half, man, later part of the show, we'll talk about Pro Bowls and such. And but, other things like that. But this this is the Super Bowl edition, so we're going to spend the best part of the show doing things we don't normally do, which is breaking down everything-ish. Yeah, no, ish, yeah, for the most part. Biggest matchups, biggest... biggest uh, the best we can do in, s- in a soft hour. In a soft hour. Trying, trying to make it an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the best we can do in the soft hour. So, I'm going to talk about this here Denver Broncos offense versus this here Carolina Panthers defense. Gun will be taking Denver Broncos defense versus the Carolina offense. So, let's get right to it. One thing quick both teams arrived today. They are in the Super Bowl area, they're in Santa Clara. They're there. It's, they have it's official. It's official. Super Bowl week has officially started. So are they really both there? Yeah, they the teams always show up a week before to get get acclimated. Um, so uh, what I'm planning on doing here is probably diving more into something that Bronco Country is not going to be as familiar with, which is the Carolina Panthers defense. Which is very highly highly toted according to everybody that I read. Um, yes. ESPN yes. folks, uh, NFL Network folks, giving this team very many much love. Many much um, love. I'd like to talk about before I get into personnel. Real quick, this Carolina Panthers uh, defense, this team. They did not play anybody this year. I hate to break it to you guys. Uh, they played Green Bay and Seattle. Um, that's who they played this year. Otherwise, they played their division. They have nothing to do with that. That's You play your division. That's just uh, how it goes. And then they played two of the pretty much arguably worst divisions in football. Um, no, the two worst divisions in football, the NFC East 
in the AFC South. The two worst divisions in football. Now I'm going to give it to the Carolina Panthers because for the better part of the season, they did they did win these games handily. Um, going away, for the most part. Uh, they are a second-half team. Yeah. They are a tale of two-half teams. Very similar to the Denver Broncos. Yep. This team is very similar in the whole two-half football uh, scheme. The Denver Broncos, though, in the last two weeks have put together whole games of football. Uh, Carolina pretty much had no choice but to put together a whole game of football when Carson Palmer is just throwing up easy pickings. Six turnovers in that game. Six turnovers coming from one player at the quarterback. Um, Really swung that, not telling you anything you don't know, but to get a a taste of what Carolina is really about. Not from that game. I'm sorry. Not don't, from that game. Don't don't use that game as an example of how Carolina can beat another team because there was a lot of short fields given to that offense. And to be honest with you, let's face it, who doesn't believe a team is going to win with six fucking turnovers? I guess if unless you're the Denver Broncos and you're playing San Diego Chargers and you got to have Peyton Manning come in and save the day. But <laughs> aside from that, <laughs> teams going away will... Uh, usually win a fucking six turnover fucking game. It's just, um, that's going to happen. And a young team is going to be riding the highs. The best thing to do is catch these guys low, hit them low, so to speak, and keep rolling with it. Um, They did play a Green Bay team this year that was not very good. Um, When they did play them, they were struggling. Uh, Broncos played them when they were struggling. They we told, played them when they were undefeated. We did play them when they were undefeated. They did go into that game couple two games before into that game. They were looking a little shaky, but it did it looked at the time like they were going to shape up. Whatever, they'll figure it out. They were favored coming in here. Absolutely, yeah. it looked like they were going to just every. It's everybody assumes the quarterback right there, just like Tom Brady last week. Yeah. There was the assumption that it was just well. Aaron Rodgers, he'll find a way to do it. He should beat these Denver Broncos. Everybody believing this defense isn't real. Still not believing this defense is real, but my job is to tell you about this Carolina defense. So I want to talk to you about some players of note and a couple of their really best players. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you right straight up. Their four best players. They sent a lot of guys to the Pro Bowl. Uh, they got the Super Bowl MVP on offense. Defensively, they have Kwan Short, Luke Keekley, Josh Norman, uh, Kurt Coleman, Thomas Davis, who's injured, broken arm in that Arizona game. That is not good for them. That is very not good. Twelve He's, screws. He. Twelve screws put in his. This arm. is this. You know what? I, I thought that this is interesting to me. I didn't realize how valuable he actually really is to this defense, till I kind of peeped out his stats. <laughs> they may have actually <laughs> lost their most productive linebacker, and they have Luke Keekley, who we agree with is one of the best. He's my second man crush in the league. Yeah, he's, he's a stud. right behind JJ. 
I, I love Luke Keekley. I love the way the guy plays. Um, <clears throat> but they may have lost their most productive linebacker, which is huge. Uh, leads the team in tackles. Um, he's second in the team in sacks. Uh, he actually is fourth on the team in interceptions. It's not a lot. It's three. But it's worth noting that that is huge. Um, you're going to lose a guy like that. It, his production level is just... I, I didn't, didn't never realized it. I just never really appreciated it because Josh Norman and Luke Keekley get so much of the love on this defense. Oh, yeah. So much of the love. Juan Short is... I mean, he's, he doesn't get as much attention either. And a guy with 11 sacks not getting a lot of attention, it's very interesting. Um, I think it's... Going into this game, I would have been a little bit more worried if they still had this guy. He's saying he's still going to try and play. He's saying, without a doubt, he's going to play. That's what I'm hearing from that guy. What, what I know about linebacker position... Uh... I'm sorry, man. You can't play with. You can't be as productive as this with a club on your arm. That is huge. Um, even if he's in the game, uh, he's not as he's not as productive. That's just not going to happen. So you're really going to have to defensively. Quan Short is a, a tackle. So on the offensive side, from the Broncos' standpoint, we're going to want to you know double team him whenever we can. Um, Luke Keekley is kind of a fly all over the field making plays kind of guy. You got to watch him blitzing the A gap on the delayed blitz. The Broncos' offensive line is susceptible to that delayed blitz. Pretty much just don't throw it in the direction of Josh Norman. He's going to be pretty much, I, my guess is he's going to just play whatever. I don't think he's going to be locked on DT. Uh, I don't think he's going to lock on, if anything, I think he's going to be set on Sanders um, that's just my theory I don't I don't really know that as a fact doesn't he just stay on one side of the field I think he typically stays on one side of the field and I, I, I to be honest my what I think personally is that at the end of the day that's what they're gonna do um, I think he matches up better with Sanders I think that that's somebody that want to try and put him on and then just try and double DT who's the other corner uh, I got it. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> Robert, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Robert, yeah, Robert. McLean. Robert McLean. And then I mean, they have Cortland Finnegan as their... Rob McLean. Yeah, because Tillman's out. Yeah, so... Um, Robert McLean. You know Cortland Finnegan's a little rough on the line. Uh-huh. Um, I think that doesn't matter because... I, I think we'll get our tight ends involved. I think, offensively speaking, from the Broncos' standpoint, it's going to be run to set up the pass. Um, we need to establish a run. I think the Panthers have us like two yards per game better um, <clears throat> on running, run stopping, but that's not surprising when... There's been times where they just, I mean, the Atlanta game is 38 to nothing. Pretty sure they stopped fucking trying to run the ball somewhere in the second quarter in that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
So there's a lot of games that are a little misleading on how well they are, how how well they stop the run. Um, I I personally think Thomas Davis is a huge part of that. Obviously, Luke Keekley mm-hmm. is Luke fucking Keekley. So you need to make sure that you get him coming up, that you get these guys playing up. We get our tight ends involved. I really want to see a lot of tight end action. I think that'll free up Demarius Thomas and uh, Sanders. Um, the second emphasis is catch the fucking ball. Since, <laughs> since I'm sorry, <laughs> I have you to fucking say yeah. it. <sighs> catch the Even ball. I'm saying we've had issues with that. Everybody who vaguely has watched the Broncos in the last half of the season knows catch the fucking ball is the problem. So catch the ball. Uh, emphasis on moving the chains. And field position. This game with our defense is going to really rely on field position. So I think the I agree totally. I think the Broncos need to play that. They need to convert third downs. They need to make sure that they are not getting three and outs. Um, just not three and outs. You can maybe go move the chains one time on second, third down, and then you know maybe from there have to punt. But let's get the extra 10, 15 yards. I think that's going to be imperative because Cam will be Cam. He will make plays. So you'll talk about that on this next part of the fucking points. Um, The other part is to take the points. I think that the Denver Broncos need to take what they are given. Um, So if you can get a field goal and get in field goal range, take those points. Don't take, you don't have to be aggressive, I think, on this team. The way we're built, I think we can grind out a win. And I think that's how the Broncos pretty much have to do it, too. So that's my hoo-yah. And then after you're done, I got a little more hoo-yah. But Word. I um, feel like uh, Broncos got a pretty good chance. I, I don't really have a whole lot more to add to that. I will, I will say... I am nervous about our run game against this run defense, but I completely agree that if Thomas Davis, I think most of the league would, outside of just these, these blinders that have to come up saying that Denver's going to lose this game no matter what, there's the Panthers are better on paper, all this bullshit that I've heard that I really just don't agree with. I don't think that they're that superior on paper to us. I, I don't know. Oh, no, 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 we'll I get into it in a second. Oh, but... Um, like I'm, I want us to. We need to run the ball. We need to do that. We need to get field position. Um, Broncos fans, don't flip out if we're getting two first downs and punting. Okay, don't. That's the kind of games that we played all year. So let's let's go. We've won those games. We've won a vast majority of those games. Um, that's that's what we've done. We've we've played close games against better opponents, in my humble opinion. And you brought that up, and I was going to say that I don't need to. It, I, uh, was, it was what you said at the beginning of my whole thing here. Uh, they played two, uh, three, I guess, technically, Texans, I guess, playoff teams, and the Broncos played six. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, so my, my, uh, my angle here is going to be the uh, Denver defense going up against the, uh, well, if you were to, if you were to see a, a team like the Panthers that has six offensive pro bowlers, you would say a vaunted Offensive, but they're really not. Okay, let's look at their Pro Bowlers. Their offensive line is good. Ryan Khalil, Trey Turner, those guys are great. 
great offensive lineman Khalil has been for a long time. Trey Turner has stepped up his game out of LSU. He's a, a name I actually have heard when it comes to offensive linemen. So that means something in the NFL. I've heard of Khalil. Yeah, yeah tr- you know, good it's he's a he's a good guy. Um, and then you got Cam, obviously gonna win the MVP. Front runner, he should. Jonathan Stewart made the Pro Bowl. Um, I, he didn't even rush for a thousand yards. Slow year for running backs. Well, um, you know, he's just coming off of like the Daily Show, and I didn't say John Stewart. I specifically said Jonathan. <laughs> uh, John, John, Jonathan Stewart is a good bruising type of back, the kind of guy who who pushes. Mike Tolbert made it for fullbacks. Out of like five fullbacks in the entire uh, league. So. Yeah, looked at the list you had to go from. It's pretty much you go, Ike Tolbert and somebody else who plays. I'm sure there's other guys, but they're escaping our right, right now. Um, we because I'm, nobody plays. And uh, Kuhn, John Kuhn. 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 There we go. Yeah. Um, and obviously Greg Olson, 77 catches, 1100 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, poor man's Gronk. Good player. Here's what we do. Here's what we have to do. Our front five, we run a 3-4. So we're going to have Vaughn and Demarcus going on the edge. You got Vaughn Miller against Michael Orr. Now, I know that's a good movie and all. And everybody appreciates that. Everybody's happy when a white man is stolen from his environment. And, and Put white, into a much richer environment. And white people raise him and he becomes a better football player. It's a great, Thanks, blindside. You know, Sandra Bullock, you know, everyone probably... Thinks that that's his real mom. It's it's not. Um, he's he's a he's fine. He's he's obviously on a good offensive line that works well together. But he's going to be going against Von Miller. And then you got Demarcus Square going against Mike Remmers. I don't know shit about that guy except that he plays on the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. That as a unit play well. Then inside you got Malik Jackson. You got Sylvester Williams and Derek Wolf. Malik and Derek jump around <coughs> going against the Pro Bowlers. <coughs> This is what pertains to these guys. Period. Pass, the pass rush is going to come from the edge, as it always does. But we need that push from the middle. We need Malik Jackson, Derek Wolf, and Sylvester Williams to have games like they just had. We need them to do what they did against Aaron Rodgers. We need to attack in that form. That way, Cam gets flustered and moves out and becomes an easier tackle for an edge rush that's going to be worried about running past him. Just like you do against Aaron Rodgers, just like you do against Ben Roethlisberger. Because you don't want to create lanes for Cam Newton. You don't want to... You don't want to give him space to move outside. You can't. You just you just cannot do it. It's um, it's probably the biggest key, in, in my opinion, as far as it goes from Denver's defense going up against the uh, Carolina offense. Um, with that comes the coverage, which is going to be... I imagine all over the place, because um, it should be. We're going to change it up. Tight man, zone coverage here and there, mixed in with pretty much tight man, because when I talk about the skills in the secondary against the skills on the offensive side, they don't match up. Okay, So we'll move on past that. I'll get to that in a second. Um, something that we talked about earlier this week, and I, and I agree with, um, a spy hanging out around the line of scrimmage to clean up Cam. Now, it's, it's not easy to clean Cam up, but to have that guy there. He's, he's bigger than Brandon Marshall and 
Danny mm-hmm. Trevathan. I mean, and TJ Ward, who I think will be the best buy because he plays up on the line of scrimmage anyway. He's a, dis- a disruptor that way. He blitzes well. He likes to clean up running backs. He likes to clean up screen a passes. Faster. A little bit faster. He likes to clean up reverses, and we know that Carolina likes to throw the screen, and they like to run reverses. They like to get Ted Ginn, their number one. They're okay with that on, jet sweep stuff. They like that, and they're going to run the, the dive. The dive option look is going to be there, okay, which leads into my next point. Do not panic if Cam breaks one or two or three. It's going to happen. He's going to get his. Ryan already made that clear. We do not deviate from the plan at that point. If he gets a couple runs, which he will, we keep doing our thing, no matter what the scheme is made by Wade, by Wade Phillips. And what Wade needs to do is just prove your greatness, dude. This is your chance to be that guy who devised the scheme to attack Cam Newton and that Carolina offense. I'm not worried about Jonathan Stewart. I'm not worried about Mike Tolbert. I feel like we've stopped the run all year. I'm actually a little bit more concerned about Mike Tolbert, his size and everything. Um, that, As far as runners go, I'm more concerned about him. Uh, Jonathan Stewart resembles every other... I, I mean, the closest guy I'd say he resembles is the guy whose job he took, is D'Angelo Williams, who we did a pretty damn good job of shutting down in Pittsburgh. Um, and if it wasn't for Antonio Brown, I mean, we probably own that game, too. We'll put it this way. If Mike Tolbert is the running back that we have to worry about, I'll be happy. Absolutely. Not he's not, he's not going to break off big, big runs. He's not going to no. be a big play he's guy. Not, he's not, he's not so a big I'm, play I'm guy. So I'm with you. If, if at the end of the day he's the guy, at, at the end, basically at the end of the day, if the running game pretty much is just... Resting on Cam Newton and Mike Tolbert, I, I don't. We're think in a good position. Doing, I don't think they're doing that good. That that will be a clear sign that they're not playing very well, as far as the run game goes, which we have stopped all year. I anticipate the same thing. Now, Ted Ginn Jr. up against Akib Talib or Chris Harris Jr. because they're going to stay on their sides. They're going to move them around, as far as Ted Ginn and whatnot. I would imagine Carolina is going to try to put them in different spots. They both got him. They do. Um, Ted Ginn Jr. had 44 catches this year. Monster season. 739 yards. Um, he did have 10 touchdowns. He did have some big plays. Now, the double move is going to, they're going to try to utilize that. Um, just have to believe in our, in our all pro, in our pro bowler that respectively play a corner along with Bradley Roby getting in there. Um, if you guys have another. Option at receiver besides Jerio, Jericho, Cotri, and and Fuchsius and I, fun I, cheese. I, I, fun cheese. Then then uh, by all means bring him fun out there. Means. Bring him out there to, to run routes against this secondary. I'm, I'm 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 okay with that. I'm okay with that. The key will be how we cover Greg Olson in the passing game, and it's not going to be any different than how we covered Gronkowski, except maybe one less guy, like. Because we were putting three <laughs> on Gronkowski. Well, at least it looked like that when the ball was in the air. Like, the three guys were around him all the time. Darian Stewart's going to be huge. We need him healthy. There was an update from him today. Seems like he's pretty healthy. At least he's confident in the fact that he's healthy and going to play. And he doesn't have 12 screws in his knee that he just got from a surgery like Thomas Davis does. 
anticipating that he's going to play no matter what. Shut down Greg Olson. We're in a very good position. Contain Cam Newton. It's very much, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan. Comparing the saying, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Hey, and you know what? Let's all be real here. He is the clear-cut MVP. That's yeah. been stated by everybody I've heard that from. I'd be surprised. I haven't if, heard a single person say. I'd be surprised if anybody anyone else, else gets since, votes since if, week fifteen. If anybody else gets votes besides Cam Newton, it's probably Tom Brady, and it's, it's probably someone from New England. Absolutely. Just trying to be like, well, Tom Brady did any, more with less. It's any, like really because I feel like Julian Edelman is better than. Any receiver they have. Yeah, and I know that Cam Newton lost his number one receiver in the offseason or in the preseason before they even got going in Kelvin Benjamin. Um, anybody that was going to vote for Carson Palmer isn't doing it anymore. So it's a, it's a clear-cut Cam Newton MVP season. Go out and stop the MVP. <laughs> that being said, you're that so good-looking. Science. Um, Science, that's what I was uh, saying. To, to add the whole stuff. I'm not Cam- Oh, oh, almost there. Oh, good. No, almost there. Do your thing. Almost there. Do that. <gasps> Do it. Stopping four four keys, and two of them are pretty obvious. Stopping, containing Cam Newton, putting the umbrella over um, Greg Olson. Turnovers. No big place, because when Ginn might not be that good, but when he gets in the open, he's hard to fucking tackle. He's gone. You're not, you ain't catching him. He still runs a four two eight forty. So when he's in front of you, uh, Ronnie got, Hillman ain't on the field to chase him down, and he don't run that fast of a forty. So we don't have that guy. No big plays. Our fastest guy in the defense, Chris Harris Jr., isn't catching. It's, it's not happening. It's no so. big plays, guys. Keep everybody in front of you. Play your man just like we did against the Packers. Just like we did against the Steelers up until the second half, and what we did against them in the uh, AFC uh, divisional round. Minus the breakdowns and zone coverage that I don't think will be there. Now I think this week. I think uh, <coughs> I, I agree with all of that. Uh, it's going to add to the whole Cam Newton thing. The thing that's fascinating about Cam is he doesn't complete a, lot, a high percentage of his throws. No, he doesn't. Um, there's some. I think it was Chris Collinsworth maybe commenting on. Somebody was commenting on how he was throwing sidearm off of his back leg and they'd like it better. I don't like it better. I like Cam. when it, I, I thought Cam was throwing, it throws much better passes when he's throwing up over the top of himself, over his, throat, his, his shoulder, and throwing clean. He throws much better passes. He starts throwing that kind of stuff when he's getting flustered and you're getting to him. So he's very inaccurate when that happens. It's good for turnovers for with the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's good for us because it's low. He's gonna throw wilder passes. I mean, he missed guys open in that uh, Arizona game. He did open guys. He did. Um, so he's he's a liability in that whole aspect. He the the dimension he brings to the game. Haha, <laughs> jokes on you. That it, it's the running, the getting outside. I feel like Ben Roethlisberger. I love fingers. Aaron Rodgers are better get outside and make plays happen things. So I feel like I agree with you that the best thing to do for him is to treat him like he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I think that is the best thing you can do. 
Um, he's a little more dynamic in getting upfield and pulling the ball down and running than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers looks for that deep ball and looks to When he scrambles, his eyes are upfield the whole time. Cam has shifted to looking upfield more than mm-hmm. he has in his previous seasons, but it's still the bigger threat is still him taking off. Absolutely. Period. He's he's part of their run game. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at it, he's the second yeah. leading rusher on their team. It was like 658 it's, yards or something like that. It's not fucking necessarily a bad thing, considering they run the dive option, but it's not really a good thing. It's not a sustainable thing. I think you see that a little bit with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, when things aren't quite going right, that kind of thing isn't as incredible as you'd like it to be. Exactly. It can be inconsistent. It is. Um, if you stop it a few times, it, it it leaves the faith like out of the offensive coordinator. He doesn't want to call that play. Cam doesn't want to run it if it's not working. Um, we have to stay disciplined. We have to stay in our lanes. Stay on your assignment. Stay Absolutely. on your assignment. No matter what it is, if the play is going away from you, initially you stay where you're at. Because what we do have that Cam has not seen this year is this speedy defense. We have fast guys all throughout the team. I mean, we can we can spy on with TJ or Brandon or Danny Trevathan. Switch that up. Don't let them have the same spy every time if we're running a spy. Switch it up a little bit. Give them different looks. Different looks with an attacking defense and that speed and the man-on-man coverage. From what I can tell, the only team that they played that was 3-4 this year is the Houston Texans. And that was early in the season, and they did not dominate the Houston Texans in that game. So, But it's early in the season, so it's hard to say anything, get really a gauge of anything on that. Absolutely. But what I can get a gauge on is that Houston Texans' defense was not playing well early anyway. No, they weren't. They definitely turned it around when it came to late season. So they did not dominate that game. Pretty sure it was like a 24-17 game, something like that. It wasn't it was a blowout. It was it was close. Now, was the 17, you know, I'd have to look if that, you know, was a last was a garbage day, time touchdown, garbage time touchdown yep. in there. But I, either way, um, that team typically scored. They averaged 31 for the season. And that 3-4 defense kept them to 24. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that the best thing for this defense to do is to, if we can keep them to 24, I think we can beat this team. It seems weird because we're not that hot on offense where we just beat the New England Patriots 20-18 to 18 at home, but we just kept Tom Brady to 18 points, and he needed garbage time. Not garbage time. He needed... Tight last second clutch fucking touchdown mm-hmm. to get it to 18. So, I mean, we are capable. We had them at 12 points. We had that team. We we were we I, had that. Team. I feel like if we're if we have it going the way that we should, they'll score less than 24. I I I think we can hold them to 17. I think we really can. We can hold them to 20 points. This defense is built for this. Defense travels. Defense wins championships. This is all the shit that we've been told our whole lives. We finally have that defense that can do it. It was thrown in our face mm-hmm. the last time we were in That's the Super why Bowl. we lost with the number one defense against, uh, with the number one offense against the number one defense that dominated us. Um, we, they, we had more weapons. We had a better quarterback. Maybe not at 
the, maybe not now. Not as dynamic. Not as dynamic. But, but he was he had the best statistical year of his career. Of, so of, I mean, of any quarterback's career. Ever. So, <laughs> I mean, we're getting overlooked, and I'm okay with that. I, I want I want that that chip on that defense's shoulder, and I want a healthy Manning out there, and I want our guys ready to play this game. Everything seems like it's a little bit different this turnaround. Um, you know, we fought and scrapped to get it's number different. one seed. We fought and scrapped in the playoff games. We're traveling differently. The attitude of the team is differently. I am I am excited about this game, and it will be close. There's no, the Panthers do not have the weapons to turn this into a blowout, unless Cam Newton goes off like Vince Young against the USC Trojans in the Rose Bowl 10 years ago. If he comes out and has a game like that, then we'll lose. I mean, at the end of the day... Single-handedly. We will lose handily if he has a game like that. But that's not the normal kind of game that you have as a pro quarterback against a defense like this. And at the end of the day, if you lost like that to the MVP, you tip your hat to him and go, fuck, man, you just beat us. Chuck it up and say, hey, the best, get, the best player in the league this year totally beat us. Totally beat us. Good job. One thing... NFL Network was running past Super Bowls. I've heard a lot of comparisons about this team. I've heard a lot of comparisons about what this team looks like versus this team. And On paper, all that bullshit. This was the Broncos going to play Seattle. Oh, the quarterback is a running style quarterback. The defense is really good. They're going to lose. That's the comparisons they're making. That's which, ridiculous. Which I think is retarded because the only thing that's the same in any of the comparison is that Cam Newton is a running is quarterback, a quarterback who makes plays from And he's not retarded. Outside with, of that, we have... With not great re- receiving weapons. I mean, that's of, pretty much the only thing that's it is the same. Because we're running a 3-4 defense with a different defense and a different defensive coordinator and a completely different look. I mean... How many times does the same network tell you that it doesn't matter what happened two games ago? Doesn't matter what happened five games ago, let alone two fucking years ago with two different, two completely different teams. And I'll tell you, Luke Keekley's great. I love him, but Wagner ain't that far behind him as far as great linebackers. Yeah, Bobby Wagner this, and stuff. This secondary is definitely better. Richard Sherman's definitely better than Josh Norman. Mm-hmm. The whole secondary is incredibly better. Than the Carolina Panthers secondary. I mean that. So there's a lot of comparisons being thrown. Especially that Susie Orman on there, right? Yeah. Um, but watching the San, watching the the Super Bowls today, I figured, why not find one that actually resembles something to this game? Um, so I went ahead and happened to just watch a couple and. One that came on caught my eye, and I started thinking about it and started researching some of the stats. The Oakland-Tampa Bay Super Bowl yeah, popped into my head. Number one defense versus number one offense. That's exactly what's going on right now. That is the same thing. That's a same. You have um, Oakland was number 10 defensively. Whereas Tampa was 24 offensively. Um, Carolina's coming in a little bit higher defensively, but I feel like, once again, those, some of those stats are a little inflated because the one thing that, the one thing that they do is get turnovers. Um, that's something that 
that Raider team really didn't do. But they're number six defense. But looking over here at the Broncos, we're 16 offensively with Peyton Manning and better weapons than they had offensively for Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. So the, there are some comparisons that are similar there. I'll say it's just similar. Um, but otherwise, points per game, Oakland is 28.1 versus Tampa Bay is preventing, only allowing 21.6. Denver is only allowing 22.2. Carolina is putting up 31.2. Not a fucking big dip, whole lot of differences there. It's really not in spread, um, no. Offensively, um, the third down percentages are pretty fucking similar. Um, the similarities are I'm talking about 2% maybe different. And realistically, Oakland is kind of... It, it's, it looks so much similar. Carolina this year, 42% on third down percentage. Oakland was 45%. It's so similar in that game. And o Oakland got dominated. Now, there's some things I'm going to preface on or finish with that with. The fact that they were using... Chuck Gruden's. Jeff Gruden. Chucky. Chucky. John Gruden. <laughs> Chucky. Chucky. Well, you said the wrong name. I can say the wrong we name. We both said the wrong name. We're <laughs> good at wrong names. I was going to call him Chucky, and then I mixed it all in one thing. Um, John Gruden's playbook, which was what they say anyway, but then again, you know, Seattle was sitting around saying we knew everything Peyton Manning was going to do. All revisionist history based on winning the actual game. So, um, But as far as games that are similar, to me this looks similar. And yeah, Rich Gannon's not exactly Cam Newton. But he had a fucking hell of a year. Wasn't, wasn't year. he the MVP that year? Well, pretty sure he was I'm the pretty MVP. pretty sure he was too. He completed a high percentage of his passes. He was throwing a lot of, they were running a lot of that double set. Uh, insanely high amount of split things. Split backfield. And they were running a lot of that just out to the flat, out to the fucking seams, and just quick passes and running downhill. Quick passes, running downhill. Look at that points per game. I don't know where you where you looked. We're on top up there. Uh, eighteen point five. Yeah. yeah, I looked at a different stat on that. Okay, one. that didn't feel right when I said that out loud. I was probably looking at somebody else. Yeah, because we're I think we've, we've for the season. Um, we've done a great job that that part. Uh, but yeah, we're not allowing a lot defensively and. I just don't feel like they have enough offensive weapons to beat yeah. this defense. I, I'm, it's... Cam can't... One thing I know about Super Bowl games, they're not one by one fucking person. John Elway will tell you that. Mm -hmm. That if you're relying on one fucking person to win the game, it ain't going to happen. Let's, 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 let me piggyback that a little bit with the comparison that came out of left field sometime this week comparing Cam Newton to John Elway. Is it because he's pretty much getting there with the no weapons? I mean, he's got the two amigos and and Greg Olson. Um, we had Bobby Humphrey in a Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers, who'd rushed for over a thousand yards. Um, I what's the what's the uh, comparison there? They both run and throw on the run um, because it seems like to me Cam is in a Super Bowl with a limited offensive weaponry. With limited offensive weaponry. It's, it's so plain as day to me. I don't understand why it's overlooked by many experts. Not all. Ted Bruschi pretty much picked the Broncos. Chad, Chad, Johnson, uh, Chad Brown pretty much 
pick the Broncos. I mean, defensive guys are seeing this and and giving us an edge, except for the. I don't know where these people are coming from, Ryan. I, I don't know. You know, it's it's it speaks to Cam Newton's ability to the reason why he is the MVP isn't because he put up all time great numbers this season. That's not why he's the MVP. I mean, he didn't outrush, he didn't break Michael Vick's rushing record or nothing. <laughs> he didn't have a high percentage of completed passes. As a matter of fact, I mean the number is close to like fifty six percent or some mm-hmm. shit like that. I mean Absolutely. it's a really low number of passes. Tim Tebow is probably the only starting quarterback in the last 10 years that has probably won a playoff game with the, with the worst, a low worst percentage, worst completion, completion percentage than yeah. Cam Newton. So, and, and by no means would I say Cam Newton's like Tim Tebow. Please don't, um, don't misunderstand that because I'm sitting right here in front of him and I know that that's not what he meant. Telling you right now it's not what I meant. My point is just that his passes have a tendency to be off target. Yeah. Um, some teams did not take advantage of that. Um, they played in some close games. Uh, you want to talk about, I, I was told, try and find a defense they played that was as good as this one. And they said, well, look at Seattle. Well, I look at Seattle, and I look at that playoff game, and what I see from that playoff game is the second half of that playoff game. I see the Seattle Seahawks giving up poor field position offensively to Carolina. And the pick six kind of hurt. I mean, that's not going to help, right? Yeah. That's 14 so, nothing right away in that game. The, the game got out of hand for them really quickly. So that's what you just don't do as Denver yet. Don't let this game get out of hand quickly. You keep it close no matter what. That's what you do. We're going to grind it out. Tough game. Broncos fans, be patient. Let the game unfold the way it's going to. Turnovers are going to, are going to be the key. Um, catch the ball. Don't turn it over. Peyton, just manage the game. Maybe maybe he goes out and plays like old school. Maybe maybe he does knowing it's his last game because I'm pretty fucking sure this is his last game. Are we game. ready for picks? I'm going to pick it. I'll pick. Pick. Denver, 26. Carolina, 20. Denver twenty three twenty. We both think it's going to be twenty. Nice. There's going to be field goals involved at the end of this game that are going to be very important. I agree. Yes, I agree as well. Um, I think if Denver can keep up the momentum, then I'll I'll think if yeah if we can sports harder than they can sports then we'll have sports harder and won the sports thing. Sports. There you go. Yeah. All right, that was a different way to do this our segment, and I think that was cool. All right, that was nice. Good, uh, good work, Brian. We got thank you. Very good work, Gonzo. Good, good job, Gonzo. Go team. Don't break your arm, fucking giving yourself a goddamn pat well, on the back. I'm sore. Uh, Pro Bowl was today. Are we Not got even in top fives. We got top fives ways to fix the Pro Bowl. Most of the show, man. Uh. I'll start. Um, my number five way to fix the Pro Bowl is to not no have, pros, not have one, and just make it like a regular ass um, award. Like here you go, you made it as a Pro Bowl team member. 
with with the all pros already, would you just add like a third, fourth team all pro or something? But all pros are done by writers, so you can you can just do this with uh, the players and the fan vote. There you go. And get rid of the writers vote in the Pro Bowl because they yeah, can't have thirty three percent of it. Absolutely get rid okay. of it. Toss it. Um, number four, make it flag football. Yay! It's practically there. May as well. Maybe they could play different coverages and run different things defensively if it was just flag football. Be neat. Maybe. Maybe neat. Make them run in pads to play flag. That'd be funny. Yeah, but you can't keep the pads on, but give them flags. <laughs> they can't slack. <laughs> no loafing. <laughs> um, reward the actual teams um, based on number of players who made it to the Pro Bowl. Uh, so that there's incentives in their contract to actually not just make the Pro Bowl, but teams will be like, the more fucking players we get here, the more money we get. So so give the teams more money. Give the teams more money so that players don't fucking want to opt out. So that teams can go, the owner can go, no, no, you're going, going to okay. that. That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> number two. Give more money to the players to play. <laughs> That's really? what the fuck it's all about. In the fr- this is only to make it better. Okay? This is all hypothetical, bro. This is all hypothetical. Um, more money. Just, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what these guys are all about. That's why they don't want to fucking do it. They're about the fucking money. Um, and my number one way to fix the Pro Bowl is also not have a Pro Bowl. So. It would be a skills competition. <laughs> my my uh my number five is change the name to We're not in the big game bowl. Just so we don't consider it a Pro Bowl anymore because we're not getting the best anymore. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was in the game this year, Tyrod Taylor was a Pro Bowl this year, and neither one of those guys are in the top ten as far as quarterbacks go. Not in the fifteen, maybe top twenty. That's debatable upon another show. Number four, as Ryan just said, skills competition. Let's see the guys. Let's see what quarterback can throw the ball the furthest through a through a a big Dr Pepper can. Let's see. Let's line up the fastest guys and have them race. Let's figure out a way to. Let's get one on one between Odell Beckham against Richard Sherman, best of ten, stuff like that, tournament style, something to that effect. A, a, a obstacle course for linebackers. Um, leave the linemen out of it. Let them judge it. <laughs> they've worked their asses off all fucking season. Let them like sit there with ice on their knees and their Maybe shoulders they can do and judge that shit. Competition no, that. let them do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pro Bowl. You're just here. Um, number three. Um, this is we've talked about this before. Flag football. Just keep the pads on. But you tap a shoulder or you grab a flag, and no hitting. Maybe we can run different stuff. Maybe we can see different coverages. Maybe they can blitz. If they're not allowed to tackle or really hit too much. Um, number two, happened tonight, I heard. I didn't watch any of the game. Have everyone play different positions. Line up your center at tight end and have your all your your receiver, your Pro Bowl receiver play quarterback, <coughs> handing it off to Peyton Manning in the backfield as a running back. See how that goes. He'll take me right away. He will. Fall down if anyone gets close to him. <coughs> unless there's flags but there's reflexes that he can't get rid of after this one. Number one, another pay incentive, but different. If you lose, you don't get paid. Lose the game, no pay. Those motherfuckers will react to that shit. 
Because money is important. We could go... That could go hand in hand with what I said. Yeah, exactly. Give the winners way more money. Mm -hmm. And give the winners the losers money, basically. (laughs) There you go. Can we also also just agree that it should go back to AFC, NFC? It doesn't even make sense anymore to, to do it like... The way that they're doing drafting players, I, of course it should be AFC NFC. It, of course it should be. I I've never liked the the drafting. Okay, I'm I'm glad. Yeah. All right, we never talked about that before. No, hundred percent on the same page with you on that one. Top five ways to make the Pro Bowl better, but I will. I didn't put it on my list, but I think Ryan had the best one. Just don't play it anymore. <laughs> Fucking no one cares. All right, this one. I actually brought that up to my mom, who's a huge football fan, and went. She goes, I said, is it weird that there's, like, no football? And she goes, well, the pro, the, like, pro ball game. And I went, I don't even think, like, Randy and Gonzo give a fuck about that. I mean. I don't think anybody gives a fuck about it. Yeah, I, I mean. used to give a fuck about it, and that's the problem. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a free game in Hawaii. If you live in Hawaii, if you're on vacation in Hawaii, if you just happen to be there, you can go to the game. But they're in Hawaii. There's much better things to do than go watch the Pro Bowl when you're in Hawaii. So much better mm-hmm. things to that's debatable, but that's me. I don't think that's I don't even debatable. like football. What's debatable about that? Go sit at a, um, I, go sit at a bar in Hawaii and drink. Go sit I on the beach and drink. I don't go like beaches. surf. Pretend to surf. Play video games at a bar in Hawaii. Women. Watch a movie around, at a movie theater yeah, in yeah. Hawaii. There's many better things to I guess do. Have you had the food at Hawaii? You, go you can movies. go eat anywhere in Hawaii. Eat food in Hawaii. Go race go-karts in Hawaii. I guarantee the scenery's better. Than what you're gonna see at a horseback ride, like their stadium that they don't give a shit about. Um, I, don't play it. Don't play it. Doug introduced this top five. I'm happy about this one. <clears throat> this was a good idea. That, that well, this one actually Ryan came from you guys. Um, it's inspiration from Ryan. You were watching Super Bad and thought those cops are really cool. Let's do top five cops. In movies, which I guess you guys kind of went away from movies. We always do movies, TV. I always do movies. I, I, just I, do movies I don't. Yeah. I, I want to say, say before I even start, um, I did not do anyone who wasn't an actual cop and wasn't actually in a movie. So, like, any, like, special agent, like, nope, 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 nope. Okay. That's fair enough. That's fair. That's fine. Pretty sure all minor cops. Yeah, good. All minor cops, for sure. Definitely. Oh, fuck, I look they one might, line up. They might differ in ranking. Okay, I guess Gonzo's going first, though. Am I? No. Okay. Oh, oh, Doug, you want to go Why is he I didn't going even first? say You I should go first. first. I should go first? Okay. What is? What was it? I guess I just always go first. first. Okay. I, I just have to look up a character name. I'll go first. Okay. I'll, I'll go first. Go. No, yeah. you, I'll go first. Uh, let me get through my honorable mentions initially. Um, Lieutenant Van Buren from Law & Order, Esopathica Merkerson. Yeah, so you went. Detective Rust Cole. Um, played by Matthew McConaughey in True Detective. Detective Marty Hart, played by Woody Harrelson in True Detective. I just love that first season of True Detective. Don't watch part, don't watch season two. Uh, Martin Riggs, played by Mel Gibson, all of the lethal weapons. Roger Murtaugh, detective. Danny Glover, all of the lethal weapons. Um, Robocop, Peter Weller. <laughs> Dirty Harry, Clint Eastwood, all of the Dirty Harry movies. John McClane, Bruce Willis. I to say it right now that he's dead. John McLaren. McLaren. I can't say it as good as you, but you got it. And Sheriff Marge Gunderson, 
played by Frances McDormand. Yeah, I thought about that one. From Fargo. I just mm-hmm. love that movie, and I love her. She's such a sweet lady in that movie. It's so weird and so violent. Um, all right, number five. Officer Lou from The Simpsons, played by Hank nice. Azaria. you got to learn to look at the <laughs> Is he the white one or the black one? He's the black guy. He's the black one. I love Lou. He's, he's always got some... Good one. Let me out of the booth, Lou. You fucking got him up for he, He's, uh, in, in the ones where they're they're arresting people, sometimes he's the most brutal cop, you know, just out of the blue. He says something really mean. Yeah. I don't have a quote right away, but he's he's a funny guy. I like Officer Lou, and Hank Azaria does the voice, which surprised me. I didn't think that that would be him, but it, but it is. Um, Lieutenant Frank Drebin from Naked Gun, played by Leslie Nielsen. One of my favorite movies. There isn't much better than when Lieutenant, Lieutenant Frank Drebin is singing the National Anthem the <laughs> Angels game. Um, it's, and there's plenty of other parts within this, but when he is belting out his version of the National Anthem, I, I still laugh to this day. I'm laughing right now. It's fucking hilarious. Um, number three, Detective Somerset, played by Morgan Freeman from mm-hmm. Seven. Um, I just, that's one of my favorite movies. And David Mills, as you'll see, didn't even make my honorable mentions. He's not going to be on this. But Somerset was great. He's just like the great anti-cop, jaded by society, jaded by whatever city t- they were. He tries to talk. Uh, uh, what's her name? Out of like having a baby. He's no, like, she asked for his opinion, and he gave it. <laughs> he said he did say that, but he also said if you choose to have the child, you spoil it every single day of its life. And Gwyneth cries. But he did try to talk David Mills basically out of being a cop. Yeah. Telling him why being a cop sucks. <laughs> um, number two, personal favorite, Detective Andy Sipowitz from NYPD Blue, played by Dennis Franz. Um, as far as... Uh, Got to see his butt. You did get to see his butt too many times. As far as um, like tortured souls and character development and what a character goes through in a television series, he runs the gamut. That guy gets fucked hard by life. A lot of it is own doing... A lot of it is karma, and a lot just... Some of it is life. Some of it is just life in general. Um, beat up, beat up, Detective Andy Sipowitz. Number one, always good for a one-liner. No, Lenny Briscoe. Law and Order. Jerry Orbach, my favorite cop of all time. Another ex-drunk. Another cop has trouble with his kids. You know, she does end up dead. <laughs> just like Detective Sipowitz's kid ends up dead. Um... It's, I just, and he always has, you know, something smart to say, and he's, smart-ass Lenny Briscoe, my number one There's cop television no movies. wrong answer on this list. I'm excited. Honorable mentions. Player <coughs> <coughs> in the throat over here. Yeah, way to collect the mic. <coughs> Officer Farva, Officer Rabbit, Officer Rabbithorn. And Officer Max, Super Troopers, come on. So all Max. Super Troopers, so all Broken Lizard. They're badass, are you kidding? <laughs> uh, Detective Alonzo Harris, Detective Munch, Detective Gorin, Dirty Harry, Sipowitz, Martin Riggs, John Kimball, uh, Ellen Fuck, Gamble. John Kimball. It's not a Tuma. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about? Chief Wiggum. <laughs> Chief Wiggum, oh my God. Slayer and Michaels. The guy's in honor of the list. Murtaugh, uh, Barney Fife. <laughs> I never watched it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was my. It was on my sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl Winslow. 
Officer oh, Mark Brady. Oh, nice. Like, that's had a, I not gone, like... That's a good one. Had I gone, like, TV, like, that would have been a good one. Yeah, that's a good Officer one. Officer Barbrady and Joe Swanson. <laughs> Joe Swanson. Man. That, was, that, was a, that was just a good honorable mention list. Uh, my number five, Detective Elliot Stabler. Talk about tortured souls. That guy's got a lot of rage. And I love the way he And he's people. from... SBU. Okay. You guys, want t- you guys want, you guys want a lot of TV on me. Like I try to stay f- to movies, so we know you've said that three times. Okay. Sorry, we're good. Um, but I pretty much watched SBU just for Detective Stabler. After he wasn't on the show anymore, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, it, it changed it. <laughs> he actually started doing movies. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Uh, number four, Axel Foley. Nice. I mean, personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. It's when Eddie Murphy was cool. Uh, number three, Jack Slater. Oh. Thought you were gonna go with him as your number one. I was. There was too many you Schwarzenegger mean, like, guys to from last action from last hero. Action hero. hero. Yeah. Okay. How badass is fucking Jack Slater? He was pretty badass in like real life when he didn't know he wasn't in real life. Pretend <laughs> this kid. Rubble biggie. Leo I'm the famous comedian Arnold Guanschlager. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Bam. Uh, number two, old Grammy, Rick Grimes. Nice. Badass cop, I mean. Goddamn right. Well, well he was an okay cop. But he was pretty much a badass after, still. He's a badass. It, even when he's a fucking farmer, he's a goddamn badass. He had a hidden gun, like, in the soil. And he pretty much, you'd say, well, he's not a cop. Well, then why the fuck does he keep wearing his uniform? <laughs> why the fuck does that kid keep wearing that hat? Yeah. Um, and then number one, John McClane. John McClane. Because he is Jack Slater. All right. I like, I like where this all went. Probably that kind of movie version of him. Yeah. Like the like, movie version of him. Is, is the cops that... that he Arnold does ridiculous played. fucking saving of everything. Oh, yeah. And, like, in the background, there's explosions happening all the time. And <laughs> He's doing shit barefoot, and you're like, how yeah. are you even okay right now? He says now? things funny. He's like, you know, you, you grow up, you got lots of other things to worry about. Marriage, divorce, premature ejaculation. <laughs> I should have... I don't, why didn't I put Slater on my shit? <laughs> I thought that was where you were going. You're like, my number one. I was like, ah, no... <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually surprised like the T1000 didn't make any of your lists. It was um, going to, but he is not technically a, a cop. Not technically a cop, right? He's a Terminator. <clears throat> um, I've got a bunch of honorable mentions. I gotta say, uh, just because it's gotta happen on this show, going for a hat trick. Uh, Max Walker from Time Cop. Oh, nice. Mia Sarah gets naked in that movie. <laughs> yes, she does. Um, <clears throat> honorable mentions Axel Foley Ed Exley from LA Confidential yeah. um, the best named cop ever honorable mention Johnny Utah uh, Frank Drebin Rick Deckard from um, Blade Runner huh. technically a cop technically uh, Nick Angel from Hot Fuzz yeah, I've only saw that he once was, twice. He, he was, like, London's top cop. Um, Mad Max, technically a police officer. There you go. 
And uh, as a team, um, Riggs and Murtaugh. Mad Max is a cop in the first one. Yeah. Oh, he's a cop in the second one, too. Yeah. So, number five. Yeah, Dirty Harry Callahan. I mean, we talked about it off-air, uh, Guns and I did, where they may not be the best cops, but they are the best cops. Um, yeah, the, the worst cops are usually the best cops, I guess. Uh, number number four. That's true in real life. <laughs> number four. My favorites. John McLaren. I really thought he'd be higher on your list. Yeah, I was going. Well, just wait till we get to my top three. I thought that was gonna be number one. Number three, played by Carl Urban, not the other one, which I refuse to believe that exists. The other Carl Urban. Judge Dredd. Oh, word. Right on. Nice. From the set, the reboot, basically. The reboot, yeah. Judge uh, Dread 3D, which surprisingly no one it didn't make anyone's fucking list. This is my sleeper, number two, James Gordon, Commissioner Motherfucking Gordon, assholes. You're really yelling. Sorry. Do whatever you're talking about with the mic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Way to clip the mic, Ryan. I'm a real piece of shit. (laughs) And number one, the cop. RoboCop, which I actually brought up to other people, and they go, "Really?" And I went, "Name one other cop who stabs their perp in the neck with a data spike." You can't. Can we RoboCop? Can we just clarify that that's original RoboCop and not new? Yeah, yeah, the original like Terrence Bottinger, like you're wanted, Mm. dead or alive. You're coming. You're coming with me. God, who was Robocop in number three? Uh, in number th- three, I don't remember. It wasn't Peter Weller anymore. No, it wasn't Peter Weller. It wasn't Peter Weller in the second one. It, it was, was Peter Weller in, in the, the second, second one. one. It was. Number three, I think it was the dude from Thinner. <coughs> yeah, actually, my, it actually might have been. I think it was. They had to angle the camera. Remember when they made a movie out of Thinner? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> let's just talk about that for a second where I'm like... Remember when they made a movie out of that? If you read the book... I love the book! Calm down. If you read the book, it's like much... It actually goes pretty well with the story of the movie. They did a good job of adaptation. Good job of adaptation. Okay. So, Pro Bowl sucked. Pro Bowl sucked. Golden State, still the best team in the NBA. Still the best team in the NBA? Yeah. Cleveland ran... The Spurs out of the gym the other night. Weird. Yeah, they're they're looking well for two games. The big three, which is ripping off the Celtics. They don't care. Um, they all scored over twenty points. Talking about Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and um, LeBron James. First time I think that had happened since they'd all been on a team together. So maybe they're putting some together. I don't care because they're not going to win the NBA title. <coughs> um, hockey guy uh, attacks referee from the back and. Viciously checks him. Haven't heard anything Not about arrested. Or anything. Yeah, um, that's that's worse than Todd Berduzzi because I mean I'm pretty he's sure a player. I'm pretty sure in most cases you attack an official, you get arrested. I really thought that's how it was. Yeah, I know that's how it is in no. minor league sports and stuff. Yeah, it definitely is. You, you definitely don't want to be. Beating up the referees. I think it's frowned upon. 
and it's, also illegal. Maybe it's not in hockey. I mean, they're but like, wouldn't that make it that, that much more like watchable? Where it's like the guys can take out the referees. Only if the hockey refs get like bats, I guess. Yeah, they need some kind or of or sticks or whatever well, they I mean, have. I mean, they have hockey sticks. I feel like and lots of padding. You want them to like cricket? Referees bats. don't have anything. Yeah, so have I feel you like seen a baseball a, bat? Like an aluminum s- baseball bat. Have you seen you know what a crumpet is to play cricket? Have you seen what a hockey player wears? When they're playing hockey, that's a lot of stuff. The refs aren't wearing that shit. Just the helmets. Yeah. And the elbow pads. He took a cross. He took a cross check from his back. Like he's gonna rape me. The dude. The dude went up on him. Didn't see him. The dude. The referee just happens to be in front of him, and he goes, bah! It knocks him on his ass. He's facing a lengthy suspension, but there's no news on it since hockey really doesn't care. No. Because we don't. I think it's well. It's like meddling our fucking boy, uh, not our boy, but like Felon Samo and metal. I mean, we're not going there. I don't care about sports. We did on different that shows. are dominated by white people, and I'm just never going to. There's the rest of America, which is ironic, right? Yeah, like you, like everyone's. It's the biggest sport there is. No, it's not. Certainly not here. I mean, it'd who, be soccer. Who are the Latinos cheering for? Not hockey. Nobody out there playing San hockey. San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't go to the shark game. No, probably not. I mean, who's the African American community cheering for when it comes to hockey? Like, what do they care about? A bunch of white dudes skating on ice with sticks. That's probably in some of their nightmares. I don't think that that's like <laughs> something they want to watch. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!